First Corinthians chapter 7 from verses 29 to 35. First Corinthians 7, 29 to 35. What I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they had none. Those who mourn as if they did not. They did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not their, theirs to keep. Those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Verse 32. I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in the right way, in undivided devotion to the Lord. Amen. Is our own pastor, Reverend Dr. J. Mensah. The topic for the, this morning's sermon is dedicated or distracted. Amen. Good morning, everybody. How are you this morning? I'm also fine. Our Father, we come to you this morning. We came here because of you. And we as a Lord, we are at the point in our worship service where we will sit and humble ourselves, our hearts, and our mind to hear your word. We pray the Lord you speak to us in a very special way. Grant us grace to hear your word and get clarity and understanding. And help me, Lord, give me the unction, the grace to preach, preach and teach this morning. Speak through me, Lord. We pray that the will come with power and authority to instruct us and help us to walk with you. Let your presence fill this place. The duration of the delivery of this sermon, let your grace grant all of us to stay focused on what is it that, Lord, you want to give us this morning. May your hand rest on us, especially on me, even in Jesus' name have I prayed. Amen. We're looking at the theme, dedicated or distracted. And the passage that was read to us this morning, Apostle Paul is talking about things that are appropriate and things that are important. And he's admonishing all of us to let, not to allow ourselves to be distracted from things that are really, really important by things that are appropriate. Hallelujah. That is, what, that is the essence or the big idea of this passage. So, distraction comes to all of us in all types 
And then the end result is that we miss God's mark in our lives. When you are doing something and you don't stay focused, and as a child of God, you get distracted, you lose your focus, you miss the mark that God has set for you. So that Apostle Paul says that those of us who are married, marriage is good. Those of us who are happy, it is good to be happy. Those of us who are sorrowing, at times sorrow is also a good medicine. But whatever is happening at this moment, the times are short. Stay focused. Don't be distracted by the things in this life. The things that are appropriate for you and I. The things that we are supposed to do. The things that it is expected of us to do. Stay and enjoy your marriage. Stay and enjoy the happiness and the things that you have. They are all appropriate. We have duties and responsibilities. They are all appropriate. Apostle Paul says that the times are short. Let us look at the things that are very, very important for us as Christians. So this morning, our passage, Paul addresses the issue of not being distracted in our service to God how we should not get so involved in the early and forget about the eternal things, the eternal focus, things that is our end. That's where we are going. And everything that we do here around us are material, and we will shed them. But at appropriate time, we will shed all of them. So, therefore, we should not be distracted by the things that we can touch, things that are material, things that are transient, things that are passing, things that have the, the end. We have the, we say, um, expiry dates on them. We should not let those things distract us. We should stay focused and be dedicated to the cause of God because the days are evil and the times are short. Hallelujah. So we should not get, the first thing I want to talk about, we should not get caught up in something that keeps us from serving God. The passage that we read, verse 29 says, but let me say this. Apostle Paul is saying, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 29. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not only focus on their marriage. Paul is not saying that we should not focus on our marriage. He says our faith needs to be focused also. Amen. So, you have the right to be a good husband. Pay attention to your wife. Do what your counseling taught you. But the Bible said that don't let all your attention focus on that, that to the extent that you cannot even serve God. Times are evil. Times are short. We should not let the things that are appropriate, things that are expected of us by society or social norms, so that we don't focus on things that have eternal value. Hallelujah. Everything you see and touch will pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away. The things that have eternal value, that is what will remain forever. Verse 30 says, those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or their joy or their possession. Those of us who are happy, there are things that make us happy. 
Things that you have, things that you have purchased that make you so happy should not take the place of your devotion to God. It should not take the place or, or blind you from actually seeing God, loving him, serving him, and staying committed to him. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. There are things that are appropriate. There are things that are important. Choose to focus on the things that are important, which have eternal value. We cannot let early things cause us to be distracted from or lose our focus on the eternal life or the eternal things. We cannot rejoice over our possessions that it distracts us from God. Our love for things can become a problem, a distraction from God. Any material blessing that God has given you, we pray that God should bless us. As we live in this material world, we pray that God should bless us with so many things. Good life, possessions. They are all good. They are appropriate. We need them in this side of the world. But do not let these things distract you. Don't let them become a stumbling block from serving your heavenly father who has called you and given you a mandate. Ask you to go and serve him, to soldier on for him and honor him in your life. Do not let the job that pays you so much take you away from God. Take you away from reading the word of God. Take you away from serving the Lord. Take you away from the things that God expects you to do as a child of God. Do not the blessings that God has given you become a curse for you. The material things, the possessions, the good life, our marriages, things that make us happy should not become a distraction. We should be dedicated to the call of God on our lives. Verse 31 says, Those who use the things of the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. So, we love, we all love things that we enjoy. Things we have fun doing. There is nothing wrong with that until we become attached to it that it gets in the way of our relationship with God and our service to him. We love playing golf. We love going to play tennis. We love going to watch football. We love doing so many things. We love going to watch movies. We love so many things. It is good. You need them. You don't have to be a boring person. You have to be active, enjoy your hobbies and everything. There's nothing wrong with that. But the focus is that do not let those things take you away from the things of God. And Jesus made it clear when he visited the house of Martha and Mary. Martha was so excited that they have a very special guest in their home. Jesus of Nazareth. The one who is doing miracles and everybody is following him. A very popular person. Jesus entered their home. And Martha said that I must prove a point. I must make sure that I really welcome Jesus and take good care of Jesus. So he was all the time in the kitchen, serving, looking at recipes and all those kind of things. Excited. And Mary took advantage. Said, Jesus is in my house. I will sit at his feet. I will look at his face and let him instruct me. Let him talk to me. Let me feed me with eternal values and the things that will make me somebody that God wants me to be. 
And then Martha came to complain. You don't, you don't care, Mary, that we have a special guest at home and I'm alone in the kitchen. And Jesus said, Mary has taken something. Mary has chosen something and nobody can take it from her. Hallelujah. If you choose things that have eternal values, if you choose things that is focused on God, if you choose things that will enrich and nourish your soul, enrich and nourish your relationship with God, no one can take it away from you. Hallelujah. It is good to serve the guests, but the most important is to be at the feet of Jesus and making sure that you get fed spiritually. Hallelujah. So this is what the passage is all about. We all love the things that we want to do. We enjoy doing things. There's nothing wrong in having fun. But do not allow these things to take the place of the things that God wants you to do. Paul sums it up all in um, verse 35. And write this. I am saying this for your benefit. Not to place restriction on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best. With as few distractions as possible. Hallelujah. So we are not saying, we are not bringing rules. Don't do this, don't do that. You have Christian liberties. We Christians, we have our liberties. But we must use our liberties to serve the Lord. To honor the Lord. Not to let our liberties veer us off the course that God has given us. So don't let the earthly blessings become more important to you than the eternal things. Things that have eternal value. Paul says, we are free to do whatever we choose. There are no restrictions placed on us as Christians, but be careful that you do not fall prey to distractions. Be dedicated. Be committed to the cause of God in your life. The things that God has placed in your life, the spiritual gift that God has placed in your life, use them to honor him. Even when you are so busy going up and down, make time to serve the Lord. Because you can lose your job anytime. If your job becomes your God, you can lose your job anytime. If your car becomes your God, you can lose your car anytime. If your marriage becomes your God, you can lose your marriage anytime. And therefore, as far as much as we need to enjoy all these blessings that God has given us, the admonition this morning is that we should not allow these things to take us off, to distract us. But we must stay focused. We must stay focused. Tell your brother and sister, stay focused. Stay focused to the things that have eternal value. The question is, what is the most important thing in your life? I hope it is your relationship with God. Have you slipped away from your relationship with the Lord? God is waiting for you to come back. If you have been distracted and you are focusing on things that are appropriate instead of things that are important, God is waiting for you to come back and he will put you on course. Now, let me just share with you some choices that can strengthen our focus on God. We live in a material world and there are so many things that are calling our attention, craving our attention. But maybe I'll share some few things with you this morning that you can dwell on, that can help you to stay focused on the things that matters. Things that honors God. 
In Romans chapter 13 verse 14, the Bible says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. So there are twin commands that Apostle Paul is giving us in Romans 13, 14. Twin commands. The first one is put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Have the mind of Christ. When you say put something on, it's like you're putting your clothes on. I am going to think like Christ. I'm going to speak like Christ. I'm going to do things like Christ expects me to do. I'm going to walk like a Christian by his grace and by his spirit within me. I am going to put on Jesus Christ. I'm not going to put on self. I'm not going to put on anything that I like. I am going to put on Christ. And that is something that no one can do for you. No one can do for me. The command is you put on Jesus Christ. How do you put on Jesus Christ? You put on Jesus Christ by resolving to obey him. That Jesus, I will honor you no matter what. I can become unpopular in my community. I can become somebody that they say that this person is very weird. But I'm putting you on because you are the one that matters for me. Put on Jesus Christ. Make no provisions for things that will feed your flesh. That will make you lust after the flesh. Make no provision. These are distractions. Things that will make us walk the Christian walk. There are so many things that feed the flesh. We live in a corruptible body. Jesus says that at the end of the age, we receive new bodies. And therefore, if we don't discipline this body, if we make provision for this body, this body will lead us into things that will distract us from serving the Lord. So that's a command. Make no provision to fulfill the lust of the flesh. A command or an imperative means an action must take place. When, somebody, when a command is issued, you are supposed to obey. So I command you to put on Christ, Apostle Paul says, in the form of a new chosen habit. Habit. Habit that does not glorify God. Habit that serves as a distraction from the focus of you being a child of God, being a soldier of God, soldiering on and doing the things that will enhance God's kingdom. Doing the things that will make God's will in heaven to happen on the face of the earth. Being the feet of Jesus Christ, being the hands of Jesus Christ, reaching out to souls and bringing them to the kingdom of God. Do not feed the flesh so that it will distract you. Obey this command and Christ will be glorified in your life. And secondly, he commands that we make no provision to feed or strengthen and supply the old you, your old self. Before you became a Christian, you, were, you have a self. But when Jesus came into your life, he changed you. He put his spirit within you. And therefore, do not do things that will feed the old self. Because the old self is still around. He's still around. Until you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. That in your heart, he's a reigning Lord, the flesh will still be making noise and talking and calling your attention. And therefore, be filled with the Spirit of God and do not make room for the old self. 
former habits, former behavior, former things that you, need, you used to do. You are now a new creation, but the self is still there. If you allow the Holy Spirit, you will take the upper hand in your life and you become a spiritual person walking in the spirit. But if you also grieve the Holy Spirit, then the self will come up and take over and let you do things that won't glorify God. Hallelujah. So do not feed the old self. He's still there. He's dormant. But if you allow him, he will take over. So don't let things that will destroy your relationship with God come in. So that you feed the last. What is your answer to his command? Choose to put on Christ, I urge you. Which comes through the word, prayer. And walking in the spirit. Let God's word feed you every day. Be a person of prayer. Have a time. A time where you go before your heavenly father and you pour your heart to him. And you ask him, you confess everything, every weakness to him. And you ask him, Lord, fill me to abide in you. Fill me to remain in you. Fill me to occupy till you come back again. It will come through prayer. It will come through feeding on the word of God. Feeding on the word of God. Today, Christian won't read the Bible. You get somebody on TV to tell him what the Lord is saying. You have a relationship with God. God doesn't have grandchildren. We are all children of God. So God can speak to us. Come boldly to the throne room of God and talk to your heavenly father. Let his word smear on you. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. And when you are that, you will, be, you will stay focused. You'll be dedicated, you'll be loyal, you'll be committed to the things of God. You'll be a spiritual Christian, somebody who is leading a spiritual life, a spirit control child of God. And the one who bought and paid for us by his blood says, first of all, I command you to put on Christ in the form of a new chosen habit. Do not allow anything that will feed the spirit coming to you. Block all the roots. Block the roots. And let the Holy Spirit help you. You can put on Christ. Or you can say, I won't put on Christ. You can say, I'll, pro- I'll make room and provide for the things of this world that I crave for my attention to rule over me. Or you can say, I will not allow that. The decision is yours. The decision is mine. So, to live a Christian life that will glorify God... It is either you say, yes, I will do what the scripture is saying me to do, or no, I will live the Christian life as expected of me. In, in walking with Christ, there are no middle grounds. There are no middle grounds. You can say, I have decided to follow Jesus, or I will follow my own ways. There are no middle grounds, and we need to make sure that we encourage ourselves, encourage each other, so that we will stay committed Dedicated, focus on the things that really, really matters. That have eternal values. So decide to cultivate some godly habits. How can you stay focused? How can you stay dedicated? How can you say, I will not dwell on the things that, that are appropriate, but does not really, really matter or important? How can you do that? If you are distracted from God by website or TV shows, or magazines, 
or football games, or ungodly music, or ungodly videos that are not honoring Christ, cut them off. If that thing is feeding your flesh, they are not making you stay spiritual, cut those things off. It is something that you have to consciously do it. If it's, if it's, if it's not edifying, cut them off. Otherwise, you stay focused on those things and the Holy Spirit will be grieving inside you. So there are things that you and I can relate to. Website, internet, you sit on your computer and you go from website to website to website reading all kinds of things. Things that are not even through. And it, it takes all your time that you even don't read your Bible, cut them off or minimize them. TV shows. Your favorite TV shows, Kumbaya. When it is time to go to Kumbaya, I didn't even say it, well, I don't know. When it is time to go to Sheffold, you say Kumbaya. You say, if I go to Sheffold, I'm going to miss the series. I'm dead serious about this. A lot of you are doing that. If I go to Sheffold this evening, I'm going to miss the series, and when I come, I won't follow. So it takes the room of you going to meet with other brothers and sisters to study the Bible and to pray for one another. These are things that are feeding the flesh. Is it your favorite TV show? Magazines that are not edifying. Football games that are like a god to you. Ungodly music. Things that they sing that Christians even dance to. Apostle said, I'm not putting restriction on you. I'm encouraging you to live the spiritual life and walk the life that will glorify God. Videos, ungodly videos that are not honoring to Christ. If there are avenues that defile and deaden your reverence for God, such as ungodly internet access, get rid of them. A lot of Christians are addicted to pornography. It is not edifying. It is destroying you. It is destroying your marriage. It is, it is even hindering your prayer. It's unholy. Ungodly internet asset. Internet is a very good thing, but it's also a tool that the enemy is using to destroy so many. The young people and even adults do whatever it takes to starve the evil desires of your flesh. Starve it. If you make your flesh hungry, the spirit will lead. If you make your spirit hungry, your flesh will take over. Starve your flesh by the things that are, that are good for the eye to see. You know, good to, to possess and all those kind of things. Starve it. I'm not restricting you. I'm not putting in restriction. But weigh them and say, is this thing glorifying God? Is this thing honoring God? Will this thing bring glory to God that I'm serving? Will it hinder my prayer? Will it dampen my spirit? Will it make the Holy Spirit who lives within me grieve? Will it stop me, make me guilty before my God? Then starve it. That is the distraction we are talking about. In practical terms, these are the distractions that we face every day. Starve the flesh and let the Spirit take over and lead you. Do whatever it takes to starve the flesh. And let the Spirit of God lead you. 
Let me finally end by saying here are five choices you could make that can completely change the focus of your life away from the destruction of the world unto God who waits for your attention each day. God is yearning. My son, my daughter, I want you to come. I need to have fellowship with you. Because of maybe some things you are doing, you cannot even, you have guilty conscience, cannot even go before your heavenly father. The Bible says, starve them, drop them. So the first thing, I'm sharing five things. The first one is make a choice to read God's word before you even open and read your email every morning. Or any online activity, make a choice to read God's word. Let God's word prepare your heart. Let God speak to your heart. So that when you sit in front of the computer and Satan is bringing things that are dishonoring to God, God has already taken grip of your heart through his word. Read God's word before you even, you even open your email or any online activity. Because it's a very dangerous area that the enemy is reaching out or passing through to destroy Christians, to destroy our faith, to destroy our commitment, to destroy the things that we are supposed to do, and turning a lot of people to be hypocrites. So when you do that, the word of God, the choice that reflects God, God's decision that you have made, is in Matthew 6, verse 33. It means seek first God's kingdom. When you have sought the face of God through prayer and through his word, when you open your computer, you have emboldened yourself against temptation that the enemy may bring through the tubes and through the internet. Number two, make a plan for creating an intentional place of solitude so that you can not only read God's word, but also avoid any distraction until you can prayerfully apply the lessons you found into your own life. That is the most vital part of each day's devotional time. Spend time alone with God. Choose a time. You know, all of us do not have time. You have to make the time and say, this is a time of solitude. This is a time we call a quiet time without distraction. We are so busy. That we say, if I don't jump into my car, by 4 a.m., I will hit traffic. I'll go to my workplace by 9 a.m., and I'll lose my job. That is true. But all through the week, even if you can't do your quiet time, Monday to Friday when you are working and you must beat the traffic, choose a Saturday time, choose a Sunday time, and be alone, quality time, in reading God's word and praying. And asking God to touch you and take hold of your heart. Hallelujah. Number three. Decide you will start a new habit to pray about everything. I mean everything. If you put everything in God's hands, you will find God's hands in everything. Hallelujah. Don't say, oh, this small thing, I can, I can, I can handle it. Everything, bait it in prayer. Decision-making process, bait it in prayer. When you put everything in God's hands in prayer, you will see his hand in everything of your life. Hallelujah. He's going to bless you because you recognize him as the authority in your life. You recognize the one who makes things to happen in your life. You recognize him as a person who will strengthen your path, who will order your steps, 
who will put you and lead you to where you should go. Pray about everything. Put everything in prayer. Put in his hands so that you will see his hand in everything that you do. In everything, God is waiting for us to talk to him. If we invite him into our day, he will tack around us everywhere we go. If you pray and commit your day to God, God will be around you. He will surround you everywhere you go and give you the strength, the security, the shield that you need. I tell him the unseen dangers that we, we, we even God take us out from. If God will open our eyes to see the dangers, the plots that the enemy has made around us, we will scream and we'll be anxious. We have anxiety. We cannot even sit in front of our steering wheel. But God, who sees everything, who watches over you, take you out of all the dangers that the enemy plots day by day. The satanic assault. And when you wake up and say, Lord, my life is in your hands. Lord, place your hands on me. Lord, cover me. Pray, pray of covering. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for everything concerning you. And when you put everything concerning you, including yourself, in the hands of God, you will see God's hands on you and everything concerning you. When you talk to your Heavenly Father, He will tag around you all day, wherever you go. Number four, take huge step of memorizing on a verse of scripture to meditate upon that will feed your soul. Don't just read the Bible. Memorize. Memorize. Say, so at, at my age, can I memorize? Tell the Holy Spirit to help you. That I read a verse of scripture and I memorize and it become my, my shield, my weapon that I think and reflect on. That is what is going to feed your soul and going to stop the distractions from attacking you. It's going to make you stay focused because you read God's word, you memorize and you keep it and you reflect and meditate on them. When you meditate on God's word, it feeds your soul. Number five. Finally, ask the Lord to give you enough of his grace to study the entire book of the Bible. Hey, how can I study the entire book of the Bible? Ask God to give you special grace. And that's, what you, that's how you grow. We talk about discipleship. That's how you grow. You read chapter one. You make notes, you pick things. Who is talking? Who is he, what is he saying? Who is he talking to? How does it apply to me? Systematic Bible study. You read. Jesus is speaking here. He's addressing the disciples. Why is he telling the disciples? What is the essence in it for me? And you apply it to your life. You study chapter, you go to the second chapter. When you study a whole book, you are going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Especially when you study the book of Romans. Talking about justification by faith. And what Christ has done. It is going to make you appreciate the Lord all the more. The Father, it is just by divine decree that you are a child of God. And not of your works. That you can books. Hallelujah. So you take time and ask God, the Lord, I'm throwing a challenge to myself. And my work with you. That I'll study one book. One book. You let me take three months. I'll study one book. And I'll do it step by step and make notes. You can even do it at the margins of your Bible and write it there. Jesus says that, do not curse. When he said do not curse, 
I am a follower of Jesus, so me too, I should not curse. Then you write that, that margin, and the thing smear on your soul. And you know that as a child of God, I should not curse. Hallelujah. So, avoid distraction. Stay dedicated. The only way you can do that is when you change habits. Habit is something that you do that every day that you don't even think about it. It becomes just normal for you to do. You wake up, the first thing is to go and bath. Nobody tells you to go and bath or to pace. You have done it over the years, so you don't even think about it before you do. And therefore, habits are very, very difficult to change. But when you bring God's hand into this situation, say, Lord, I'm fond of doing this. And I know it doesn't glorify you. So therefore, Lord, help me. Pray. Confess before your heavenly father. He knows about it anyway. Just go to him and say, Lord, help me. Give me the strength. And he's going to help you through the Holy Spirit to do that. So that you will not be distracted from the things that are appropriate for you to do. By the things that are appropriate for you to do, that will take you for the things that are very, very important for you to do, that has eternal values, that the things that will never change, you can never lose them, no one can take them away from you, instead of staying on the things that people or time can even take it away from you. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless all of us this morning. As we reflect on this, very, very important things that passage that we have uh, reflected on this morning. That there are things in this life that we enjoy. We are so happy. We pray for God to give them to us. Give me marriage. Give me a child. Give me a job. Give me a car. Help me buy land and build my house. Help me to travel. Help me to do my course. Get my second degree. God, we love all these and they are good for here. But the point and the big idea of this message this morning is that do not allow those, even the blessings that God has given you, distracts you from staying focused. Hallelujah. Bow down your heads and let's pray. I want you to take some moment and talk to God about what you just heard. Stay dedicated. Avoid distractions. What are the things that are distracting you as a child of God? You know yours, I know mine. Talk to your heavenly father about it. The Lord, help me. Don't let the blessings that you have given me become a curse. Help me to make room for you. Help me to serve you in my lifetime. Help me to honor you. Don't let me use my job to steal. It will bring, it will bring this honor to your name. Help me. Help me to bring glory to you and not shame. Cause me to stay focused. Help me to pray. Help me to study your word. Help me to honor you. Help me to do the do ministry. Help me to use the gifts that you have given me to serve you. Help me to use my resources, my money, the material blessing that you have given me to serve you. Help me, Lord. Help me to serve you in my marriage. Help me to serve you in my raising my children, parenting my children. Help me to serve you, Lord. Help me to serve you. Help me to change the habits that are not glorifying you. Help me to change all these things so that I will dwell on the things that have eternal value. Things that have eternal value. Things that will bring glory to your name and not shame. Help me not to be distracted. Help me to be dedicated.